We are at Simeon's Proclamation, Session 5. And we have one more to go, and that would be the wise man's worship as we look at the full picture of Christmas. So let's begin with our first question. What's, what's happened in your lifetime that you never thought you would ever see? What's right there now? Hmm? The moon. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> Anyone other than the man on the moon? The downward trend of immorality around the world. Mm-hmm. I, I never thought I'd, I'd live in this time mm-hmm. when it's so blatant and it's just, yes. it keeps escalating. Is that right? Is that the right word? Yes. Down? Yeah. yeah, it keeps going on. Remember, you remember the Bible says in Revelation. Things will get worse and worse. I thought I wouldn't live that. I thought I was going to get worse after I died. Yeah. <laughs> I think the worst coming is true. We're seeing that now. We're seeing a lot more than It's we. getting worse and worse. I never thought I'd see Donald Trump become president of the United oh States. I know. Uh, a person like him. Uh, it's amazing. Um, it's just amazing. It's, it's just crazy. <laughs> Anyone else? Anything that happened that you never thought you'd see uh, in your lifetime? Basically, I, I didn't think that the world would consent to rectify drugs. The whole way, New Zealand has passed it, Australia, United States, Oh, you making make me making marijuana? Uh, yes. Illegal. Yeah. Okay. In the United States, last year they buried sixty-two thousand people just in California alone of drugs. Wow. Two hundred people dies each mm. week. I mean, each day in the state of Florida of drugs. Hmm. So imagine you have, you um, have that here. So you wouldn't have to worry about the crime around here, but there wouldn't be anyone around here. That, yeah, drugs kill them all. Of course. I never thought I would have seen my life turn on the way it turned on, especially with my children. I, after I got saved, I really, I mean, I went all out with my children. And they, both of the mothers arrived, she came to my house three times a week, you know. And I've never, it amazes me to see what can happen. And I look at Chris now, you know, this morning, saying, oh, yeah. You know, I just get myself, oh my God, pray for me. Yes, you know. Sometimes I just say, you know, you know, and then one morning I was ready to peak, and then this Ron Carpenter, his message was Jesus is wrong up in the thing that you having difficult to face. I think that unless you show honor, you're not going to get what you're looking for. And in every situation, you have to show honor. And you know, some situations, well, yeah, no. mm. Anyhow, <laughs> you notice I didn't say anything I say. <laughs> when you say, pray for I say, 
And vice versa, keep her there. <laughs> but you know, in it all, mm. it draws me closer to God and it makes me, I'm realizing that the importance of truly knowing and understanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, God is working in my life, yeah, yeah. and I, I truly thank Him. But you know, so Amen. God Amen. Himself said that they who honor me, I will honor them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's an assurance we have in Him. So um, we should not grow weary at all in our uh, ongoing honor of God, because He promised, "If you honor me, I will honor you." Yeah. Amen. Okay, let's look at Bible Meets Life on page 63. Someone read that. Hmm? Um, what is, um, uh, what I'm concerned about is today that children does not know respect for parents. They curse, they swear. They do everything. Well, they don't have respect for elderly people in general. They fear that like God and no man. Mm-hmm. And it makes me you know, it's um, hard to see yeah. what you come to. Yeah. You know, and. Yeah, there are a lot of people who never thought that they would see something like that in their lifetime. Because young people have always been so respectful yeah. of elderly people. But today, in the times that we're living in, you know. Because their mothers. Their mothers. Of course, it's not fathers, but mothers. You know, it's. Yeah. yeah. But thank God for those who know the Lord because he said in the last days the children is going to be like this. Mm-hmm. So that gives you comfort, you know, that, mm-hmm. you know, it's not strange. It's coming. So yeah. it's very mm-hmm. good to know God. Yeah. Because, like, you know, when it's happening, you know, you can say, the Lord, you tell me this is, you are more like uh-huh. It's true. Right? Yeah. This is, a, this is the test of Sister Brenda, yes, God Himself said that they who worship me must worship me spirit and truth. Yes. Okay. So what is happening is this, right? Um, these experiences of our life here on earth confirm that God is real and true. You know, and we must worship Him in truth. You know, we have, we have experienced everything that we have seen and heard and read about who God is to be real and true in the world. You know, He said, in the last time, this will happen, that will happen. We all are witnessing it. So our faith and trust and belief will go deeper and deeper every day as we experience the ongoing perfect truth. Amen. And you know, um, we need to be mindful that God always always gives us a heads up. The scripture is there to tell us what's going to happen. So when it happens, we shouldn't be surprised. You know, the, the surprising thing is that it happens in our lifetime. We never anticipate sometimes that certain things that the Bible says will happen will happen in our lifetime. But we have a heads up. It will happen. We know how the book ends. We know. There's no suspense. When a person gets a, begins reading a book, one of the first things they do is they turn to the end of the book yeah. to see how it ends before they get to the beginning. Uh, we have the privilege of knowing how the book ends. 
God has opened the veil. He has pulled back the veil and has revealed this to us. Okay, let's look at Bible meets life. More and more people are buying 3D printers. Far beyond the way old school printers reproduce words on paper using ink. 3D printers create objects in myriad shapes from various materials. But what if a 3D printer could be used to reproduce, say, a human liver? Researchers are already looking into the possibility. Instead of stacking successive layers of some material to create an object, a bioprinter would use a person's own cell tissue to construct living tissue. In the future, you could receive a transplantable organ with no risk of rejection. Far-fetched? Just think how far-fetched the 3D printer once sounded. Or walking around with a handheld device with a camera phone. A more computing power than NASA had for the moon landings. We have seen these amazing things in our own lifetimes. The Jewish people had waited for centuries for the Messiah. God had promised he was coming through the prophets. But would it happen in their lifetime? One man in the Bible knew the answer. We don't know a lot about him, but we know this one thing. He knew he would see the Messiah in his lifetime. Boy, it's amazing what they're doing with printers these days, eh? Yep. You know, my daughter-in-law have a printer. She does baking. And she has a printer that can print a picture that you can put on a cake, and it's edible. I thought that was so strange. Yeah. You know, she bought me a cake one time, and there was this big picture on the cake with me in my hat. And um, I said, how did you do that? You know, she says she has an, a printer that, that, that prints edible stuff. I didn't know they had that kind of stuff. It's amazing, you know, what they're doing today. So we will see how the, the birth of Jesus provides a solution to a problem for people who are very, very far from God. So what is the point? We have a sure hope when we trust in Jesus. That's right. Peace and hope are often associated with Christmas. Even among those who do not celebrate Christmas as a Christ-centered holiday. For many, the one-two holiday or the one-two punch of Christmas and New Year's give people a sense of a fresh start and a hope for a better future. But for those hopes, but those hopes often dissipate as the holiday festivities fade. Jesus didn't come to give us a seasonal hope. He came to give us an eternal hope. That hope comes because of the salvation that he offers. Okay, let's look at the first, before we look at the first passage we have, which is Luke chapter 2, verses 25 to 27. Let me give you the setting. After the birth of Jesus, shepherds came to worship him. And Mary pondered all that had happened since the angel had visited her. She made preparations with Joseph for a special day in the life of her child. Eight days after the birth, the child would be circumcised and named, and they would make an offering for Mary's purification rite from childbirth. These events would have been great in themselves, but a surprise awaited them. And as we look at the passage, we're going to see what that surprise is. So let's look at uh, 
So I'm going to read the verses, uh, Luke 2, 25 to 27. Luke 2, 25 to 27. Mm -hmm. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to Israel's consolation, and the Holy Spirit was on him. 26. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to to perform for him what was customary under the law. Okay, notice what that key word, the key word is. What does it mean? Israel's consolation. Another way to come in to the coming of the Lord. Have you ever heard that word before? That phrase before in relation to the coming Messiah? No. You haven't, haven't you? But that's another uh, phrase there for that. Okay, look, go on, continue reading. Thanks for the 2007 movie Thanks book. Thanks the 2007 movie, The Bucket List. Bucket List mm-hmm. has entered our cultural vocabulary as a record of things we want to do before we kick the bucket. <laughs> the movie follows two dying men who mm-hmm. meet in a hospital, seek to come to terms with what they have done with their lives and set out to accomplish things on their bucket list before they die. Mm-hmm. Go on. Yeah, go ahead. Simeon only had one thing on his bucket list, one thing he wanted to see before he died. Simeon had waited his whole life for this one thing, and it was definitely something or someone worth waiting for. Simeon's heartfelt desire was to behold the promised Messiah, the Son of God, who would come to save us from our sins. Many often assume that Simeon was an older man because of the Holy Spirit's promise that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. But we just don't know. The scripture gives no hint to his age, but Luke did did note three revealing characteristics. First, he was righteous and devout. The word righteous means meaning right living. Most people let sin run their lives. Simeon's life, however, was defined by doing the right thing. Devout means reverent and faithful. It implies that Simeon lived with great respect for God and all he did. Number two, looked for the Messiah. This righteous and devout man was looking forward to Israel's consolation. Uh, The consolation of Israel centered in a hope for a Messiah who would bring comfort to the weary souls of Israel. This consolation does not include the erroneous notation of a political Messiah, but the Masonic hope expressed by the prophet Isaiah. On that day, it will be said, look, this is our God. We have waited for him and he has saved us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. Isaiah 25 and 9. Comfort, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. The words of Isaiah were reflected in one of the traditional Jewish prayers. May I see the consolation of Israel. Number three, full of the Holy Spirit. Prior to the coming of the Holy Spirit, on all believers in Acts 2. Only certain individuals experience the indwelling presence of God's Holy Spirit. 
Luke had already told us that Simeon sought to live right and was wholly devout to God. So his heart would have been receptive to the Spirit's work in him. Some people have wondered how Simeon sensed he would remain alive until he saw the Messiah. Was it by angelic message or other special revelation that he that he had received such awareness? The answer is clear in the passage. It has been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. Simeon walked in righteous obedience to God and his heart was in tune with the leading of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit only speaks the truth, John 16 and 13. So Simeon trusted the Holy Spirit and waited for confident hope. Just as the Spirit promised Simeon, he would see the Messiah now. He was guided by the Spirit to enter the temple at just the right moment. We don't know how Simeon recognized the infant as the Messiah, but we can assume the same Holy Spirit who guided him there opened his eyes to who was in front of him. During this period in Israel's history, the people were waiting expectantly for the coming Messiah, Luke 3 and 15. Masonic, Messianic. Messianic expectations were, were running high, yet only a small number of people realized Jesus was, was the fulfillment of the prophecies. Okay, go back to um, page 64. See that bucket list? Anybody have a bucket list? Yeah. Okay. The question is, what's on your bucket list? What is on your spiritual bucket list? Here are some possible responses. Read the Bible through in one year. Go on a mission trip. Financially support a student who wants to go on a mission trip or serve in a ministry vocation and provide financial support for a church start, that is a, a new church. Okay, that's a good bucket list. Okay, uh, any of those things on your bucket list? Or perhaps you have something more on your bucket list? I want, I'm asking you to give me a good understanding of His word. Mm -hmm. I realize that we really understand. Mm -hmm. I want to understand with you. Okay. Lineage is truly understanding it and applying it. Okay. Anybody else have something on their bucket list that is not on this list? For me, it would be nice like, to go to the Holy Land and see these places that you mm -hmm. read about. Okay. And really take time and study and understand, okay, where Nazareth mm -hmm. is in connection with another place. Okay, so that's on your bucket list. Yes. Okay. Go into the Holy Land. See where Jesus walked and ministered. Okay, anybody else? Sister Beth, you already did that, right? I, I, yes, we did. <laughs> it was lovely. I, okay. I, would, I would say if you're going to go to the Holy Land, you should study about it all before you go. Right. Yeah. Because then when you go, it means a whole yeah, lot. More, and yeah. You can't, you can't linger. I mean, thousands of people are going to the same sites every day, so you have to keep moving with your tour. Mm -hmm. and, but it's really amazing mm -hmm. what you can see. Okay. All right, go back to page 65 and notice uh, the three descriptions given about Simeon. 
One was he was righteous and devout. And we have a definition there of what it means so that we can be able to identify with it and probably pattern our lives in the same way. It gives the word righteous and what it means to live right. And also the word devout, which means uh, reverend and faithful. And, and it says that Simeon lived with great respect for God in all that he... Do you know that there are believers who are disrespectful of God? You know that, right? There are people who are disrespectful in how they, uh, how they treat God. Uh, for one example is using the Lord's name in vain. It's not only unsaved people who do that. Believers do that as well. They use the Lord's name in vain. And then the second description was looking for the Messiah. And then the third one was full of the Holy Spirit. Uh, he allowed the Holy Spirit to move and direct him. And that brings us to question number two, which is how does the Holy Spirit influence how you see and approach the future? How does the Holy Spirit influence how you see and approach the future? Sometimes you have a problem and you, you can't do it. So you have to try and go back to the Holy Spirit and say, well, okay, can you guide me mm -hmm. as to what to do in this situation? You don't know, sure, you can't. You don't know what to do. You can't do it, no? Oh, okay, so you depend upon him for guidance. Because it's like a problem that you have. You can't, you can't solve it yourself, so mm -hmm. you've got to turn to the source. Okay, dependence. <laughs> All right. Anybody else? The how uh, of how he guides us and influences us is through his word, mm -hmm. and um, he authors our thoughts as we ask him to do that. Okay. As well. All right. Okay. Let's look at the next passage we have, and that is Luke twenty-two twenty-eight to thirty-two. Someone go ahead and read that, please. took him up in his arms, that's Jesus, praised God and said, Now, Master, you can dismiss your servant in peace as you promised. For my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people Israel. Go ahead, continue. Every parent can clearly recall holding his or her child for the first time. I certainly remember I was not a natural at baby holding like my wife, but I got the hang of it. It was breathtaking to behold God's miracle of life that had been given to us. We might wonder what Simeon felt when he first saw and held Jesus. In those moments, this servant of the Lord saw and held what he eagerly had anticipated his whole life. We may not know what he felt, but thankfully, we know what he said. Verses 29 to 32 are commonly referred to as Simeon's Psalm. It's a touching expression of Simeon's inordinate faith in God. His proclamation of praise is the right response to the grace God was pouring into Simeon's life. Simeon prefaced his praise with a request. Now, Master, you can dismiss your servant in peace as you promised. We've heard people say things like, 
I could die happy if I could just. Simeon was not being flippant. Instead, his words carried the tone of a slave being set free. It was his farewell to the world. He had now seen and held God's promise, and he was more than ready to go home. Simeon now saw Israel's consolation, and his response calls to mind a similar proclamation Isaiah the prophet made 800 years earlier, which said, The Lord has displayed his holy arm in the sight of all the nations. All the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. Isaiah 52.10 Simeon was now holding God's salvation in his arms. The salvation he declared God had prepared in the presence of all peoples. God's salvation is for every nation, tongue, and tribe. Both Jews and Gentiles. God's global purpose is to draw all people to himself. A vast multitude from every nation, tribe, people, and language, which no one could number, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Revelation 7, verse 9. Simeon's proclamation might have shocked other Jews in the temple that day. Sure, they could accept and expect that this infant Messiah would be glory to your people Israel, but it could have been unsettling to hear he also would be a light for revelation to, excuse me, to the Gentiles. The Jews were fiercely proud of their status as God's chosen covenant people. The Jews saw the Messiah as their deliverer. They assumed he would establish their kingdom, which would then rule over the Gentiles. The truth that God's salvation included the Gentiles ran counter to their preconceptions and prejudices. At that point, Simeon saw what others did not. Salvation was not limited to one nation. So his words could also be viewed as a missionary hymn. The mission of the Messiah was to bring us all to God, and for that we can be eternally thankful. Amen. If we turn on a radio, in order to get what the radio is communicating, you have to tune it to the right frequency, right? Mm -hmm. We can listen to a wide choice of stations. In the same way, we have a choice regarding other people and things we listen to. Some people tune in to their friends. Some people tune in to TV, social media, or the news. Others are so confused by the chaos of life that all they hear is static. Ever try to get a station and all you get is static? <laughs> Simeon was tuned into God on what God was doing and saying. And we see that as we read this passage. He was waiting. He was tuned into God. And so when this happened, he knew exactly what was going on because he was tuned in. Many are not tuned in today. Look at the question, number three. What are some promises we look forward to God fulfilling? What are some of the promises? We promise that your children will be saved. And I, I continue binding and God will promise that my children will be saved. Okay. Any other promises? His return. 
His return. Yeah, everybody's looking forward to that one. At least all believers. Okay, what other promises have we looked forward to God fulfilling? Every everyone saved, all the elect gather together so that the rapture can happen. Mm-hmm. Salvation for all. Yes. Brother Randy, I think this is something that all of us look forward to. To know that when we in the garden picking the special fruit, that we can look around and say, Well, I, I remember you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else? Promises that we look forward to God fulfilling. I look forward to God promises uh, every morning. I thank Him for creation for the day. Mm-hmm. And he promised that he will supply our needs. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you look in, you look forward to his daily promises. Daily. Yeah. Okay. And then he also said he would never leave you so mm-hmm. too. So mm-hmm. I look forward to that. Mm-hmm. You know, every day that hey, listen, no matter what happens, mm-hmm. it's not going to forsake me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Last passage, Luke twenty-two twenty-eight to thirty, no thirty-three to thirty-five. His father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and told his mother Mary, Indeed, this child is destined to cause the fall and rise of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, and a sword will pierce your own soul. The thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. All parents are amazed by their children. Parents take fascination in every little thing that growing infants learn to do. And parents love it when others, from grandparents to perfect strangers, also express wonder and amazement over their children. Joseph and Mary were surely amazed by their child. They already knew their son Jesus was special. But the words Simeon spoke about him were amazing and most likely overwhelming for them to take in. Though the angel Gabriel had revealed to them that their son was was the Savior and Messiah, they likely had not comprehended the scope of his ministry and role as Messiah. Simeon prefaced his next words with a blessing on both Joseph and Mary, but after that, he only addressed his mother Mary. Perhaps this was because of Mary's special relationship with Jesus mother, whereas Joseph was not Jesus' actual father, or perhaps it was because Joseph would not see the fulfillment of the prophecies of what would take place during Jesus' ministry, since Joseph generally is assumed to have died before the crucifixion. In his words, Simeon highlighted three things that would result from the life of Jesus. Number one, Jesus would impact people's destiny. This child is destined to cause the fall and rise of many in Israel. This phrase has to do with how we respond to the Messiah. People can can be divided into two groups. First, those who rise, those who accept Christ by faith are lifted out of their sin and enter heaven. And the second, 
Those who call, those who reject Jesus, who would reject Christ, remain in their unbelief and fall into eternal punishment. These consequences would reveal what people thought about Mary's son. Number two, Jesus would be oppressed. Opposed. Opposed. Mm -hmm. oh, I'm the <laughs> this, <laughs> this term refers not only to the verbal insults Christ would endure during his life and death, but also to the people's hatred and rejection. Jesus would be a sign, an in-your-face sign from God that many would reject. The phrase is ultimately a, ref a re reference to the crucifixion. And when people speak about against Christ, they stumble and fall. Isaiah, Isaiah early described the Messiah as a cornerstone. Some would build their lives on, but others would stumble over Isaiah 8, 14, 28, and 16. As a result of the opposition against her son and his crucifixion, Mary would feel a sword pierce her soul. Simeon warned Mary of the intense grief she would feel. Whatever blessings Simeon may have expressed early, earlier certainly would have been tempered by these words. It would be the most tragic event in Mary's life, and yet, at the same time, the greatest event in history. Emotionally, it was soul-piercing. We cannot begin to imagine what Mary felt years later as she stood at the foot of the cross watching her son die, John 19 and 25. Four. Number three, yeah. Number three. Jesus would reveal our thoughts. Through Christ's ministry, teaching, and righteous presence, the thoughts of many hearts were revealed and still are today. Christ exposed us as we truly are. We cannot be neutral. When people see Christ suffering, their reactions show on which side they stand. Mm -hmm. It's natural to run from someone who will be ex exposed, who will expose us. We don't want our deeds to be found out. Humanity's rejection of the Messiah would reveal the wicked state of the heart of man. On the other hand, when our thoughts are revealed, when our, our sins are exposed, then we confess them and Jesus forgives, sorry. <laughs> When we trust Him, we change our eternal destiny. We truly have a sure hope when we trust in Jesus. Okay, so we have three, uh, three things that would result from the life of Jesus. Uh, Jesus would impact people's destiny. And we see that happening today. Uh, those who rise and those who fall. And Jesus would be opposed we have another uh, two questions, and that is, how does Jesus bring peace and division on earth? How does Jesus bring peace and division on earth? Can you think of any way? When you accept Christ, your life changes. Mm -hmm. So therefore, the guy who used to go into I said drinking or illegal things, and then you're asked to do that again, you says, no, my life has been changed because hmm. I accepted Messiah. Right. Okay. And then, mm -hmm. 
well. It says, how does Jesus bring peace and other vision of the Those who believe will experience peace. And those who would not believe would be in opposition to what peace is. Um, unbelief. Um, so there will be, um, and history shows right up to this day that um, there is that division that is still in the world today. Some believe, some did not believe. So the division is there right up to this day throughout the history of the world.